work on a special project for the mayor. If you do this, um, we're going to have bonuses. So me being an overachiever, I did as much as I can, fast as I can. All that made, all they made me do is help somebody else with their project. Damn. And I'm like, so this is how the real world works? No, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that that summer of 10th grade, I'll never forget. It changed my life. I said, I will never work in a cubicle. And I never did. Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge. Because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. You got your boy, Lake Kim, in the building, and I got my brother, KB, in the building with me. We on episode 50. Yes, you heard it right. Episode 50. 50 episodes of dropping gems and sharing our experiences. So we decided to call this one, Everything You Were Taught Was a Lie, right? And that's powerful. So that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let KB let y'all know why we decided to choose this topic. Uh, this topic is very important. It's so crazy how we came about it, uh, a coincidence. And you was like, yo, I think we should talk about, you know, unlearning and relearning. And literally, as I was, you know, writing my my second ebook, mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the, the topics that I actually put in there because we get consumed with the information from our family first. And we love it to death, but at the same time, it's usually not the best information. That's only what they know and what was passed down. And a lot of the times it was it, it truly was a lie. Yeah, bro. I think that is so, so true because the way that we view the world is based on the people that are the closest to us who raised us, right? So that is something that everybody needs to understand that we all get to a point in our lives that we realize my mom, my dad, my my aunt, my 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 cousin, everything they told me wasn't the the truth or everything isn't right, you know? So what are your thoughts on that, bro? Do you feel like there are things that you were told as a kid that you realized you needed to unlearn? That's a fact. Um for one, I was told credit is bad. And don't ever use it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and I had to really process that it's like, who is telling me this? Why are they telling this? What happened with their credit? You know, what's the situation? And as you dissect it, it's like, it's just misused. You know, credit is a tool. It's how you use it. So, but if you use it wrong, then, you know, you could be hurt. But if you use it right, you can be blessed. And, um, you know, simple as that. I think that was one of the, one of the biggest myths because financial literacy is so jaded in our community it's so jaded in my family where people give you so much financial advice and they don't even have any assets Mm. wow so what made you when did you get to a point that you realized you know credit wasn't the devil (laughs) um (laughs) what i would say around when i got my first credit card when i got my first credit card and um yeah, I messed it up, granted. <laughs> but I knew it was me. I took accountability for that. I think that's the biggest difference between me and you know my family. Um, not to point anybody out, but accountability is very hard for adults. Um, 
to say, I messed it up, but I don't want you to mess up. So don't use that at all. Instead, just saying, all right, this is what you can do differently. And this is what can happen if you don't. And I think given, you know, children that option and have them understand the consequences beforehand, instead of just imposing fear, when you pose fear, now you don't want to make a move. You like, yo, I don't want to mess up. And I think that's the 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 biggest, you know, uh, you know, lie in my family. Hmm. Interesting, bro. And I think for me, one of the biggest things that I had to unlearn was the idea that you needed, you know, two and three jobs to survive. Now, you know, me coming from a Jamaican family, bro, like it's in our blood, right? So right. <laughs> So for me, I was just accustomed to it. I see my mom and my dad work two and three jobs. And the crazy thing was we didn't necessarily have more stuff. You know, like they worked two or three jobs just to provide the basic standard of living. And that was something that really made me, you know, didn't want to go that path. Now, when you don't know that, that's all I thought was the acceptable way of going about things, right? But once I turned 20 years old and I got exposed to sales, my mind started to shift and I started to realize that you can have the things you want without working two or three jobs. Let's tell the people about how you average two or three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> There was multiple times we was working at multiple places at once. So yeah. what was the most, uh, I guess, impactful situation? <laughs> so for those who don't know, um, before the age of 20, I think I had 20 jobs, right? So that that's something that um, I needed to figure out, KB. Like, what are things that I enjoy doing and things I don't enjoy doing? And I feel like I tried it all, bro. But that's what separates me from most people is most people, they're scared to, you know, dip their toes into different aspects of business to see what they like and what they don't like. So by the time the age of 20, I knew exactly what I enjoyed and what I did not enjoy doing. And it made it easy for me to make a decision that sales was the lane for me. And I tried it all, bro. So I think that's the big mistake that people make. So he was personal trainer. He was he was at Papa John at the same time. Um, no, nah, no. Nah. So, per- <laughs> <laughs> so uh, all right. So I'll I'll give the backstory. Let, let me explain that. All right. So by before the age of twenty, I, I had everything. I was a personal trainer. Um, then I transitioned into Papa John's. Um, then I did cold calling. Um, then, you know, before that I had a job at HBO. I was an intern at HBO. Um, what'd you say? What's that sports authority? Yeah. I worked at sports authority. Um, I did a little bit of network marketing. I worked at Amway. Um, bro, it was was everything, yo. (laughs) No, I was talking about some of you. I actually put that in my ebook because they didn't, (laughs) they didn't, they didn't pick me. Um, now it's it's crazy though, and it's like when you are uh, installed those certain values, you think you're doing, you know, honor by you know listening to your your parents or your superiors, and at the same time, it's it's a dissatisfaction to yourself as you keep going as you learn more. Because when you renew your mind and realize there's other ways to go about it, this is the only one way. You know, 
you put yourself in a better position because it's so ironic from your story because I had about like two jobs. <laughs> it was lazy, bro. It was lazy. Two jobs on a book, so the book. <laughs> but when I had that experience of you know working in a in an office in a cubicle, I'm glad it happened. It was in the summer youth job. It wasn't a regular summer youth. I was a little bit better. I had like thirty cents more. <laughs> so I knew my value. So, <laughs> and I, I used to fall asleep at eleven o'clock every day. And, and listen, and this is exactly why he got fired. Continue. <laughs> I didn't get fired. But I used to eat the same stuff. Um, I didn't even play basketball that much. You know, I barely saw you that summer. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm working from 8 to 4, 9 to 5. By the time I get off the bus, come home, it's like 5.36. And I'm just like, yo, I'm just trying to get, some, get a nap. Like, <laughs> you wake up at 9, 10 o'clock, the day is over. But by me experiencing that, and I recognize the the culture of the people that worked there they were they were out of shape they were miserable and it was always looking for the next drama or the news to keep them going so it was a he say she say in the office and i'm like yo this is crazy and when i started doing the actual job i was doing data entry i was working for the city as i was doing more work and it was i was a good worker so when they would tell me like yo we work on a special project for the mayor if you do this um we gonna have bonuses so me being an overachiever I did as much as I can, fast as I can. All that made all they made me do is help somebody else with their project. Damn. And I'm like, so this is how the real world works? No, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that that summer of 10th grade, I'll never forget. It changed my life. I said I would never work in a cubicle, and I never did. Yeah, and I, I remember that summer too, bro, because when you initially got that job, you was so happy, bro. You was happy taking the bus. Where was it at? On Jamaica Ave? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I, I remember that, bro. And at the end of the summer, it just seemed like you just wasn't happy anymore, bro. They took my youth away from me. They owe me a summer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm actually glad I had that experience for myself. So... My mother can tell me nothing. My aunt, my uncle, nobody can tell me, oh, get this job, work for this. And I'm like, no, I don't operate well that way. And mm -hmm. I can just tell that I was drained um, emotionally and physically, too, because my back started hurting. I'm like, yo, I'm 16 years old. What's I going remember on? that. Yeah. And, um, you know, paying for food. I wasn't, you know, cooking as you know, I was that time. So now I'm paying to go to work and I'm paying to survive at work. And now I'm spending, you know, the little bit of check I have because I felt like I deserve it. So and, and these things people don't never learn till they 20 years, 30 years in the workforce. Yeah. It only took me <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> one summer after one summer, you was like, yo, I'm never this is not the path for me. So, all right, let's bring that back, bro, because I feel like there's a lot of people watching um, or that will listen or, or watch this, you know, in the future. And they're scared, you know, like they're scared to go against the things that they were taught. So what do you think separates people like you and me that made us challenge the status quo? And we were like, yo, everything I was taught wasn't right. I need to create my own perception of the things that I was taught and I need to dissect these things. So what are your thoughts on that? For me, it's a little biased. And the only reason I say that because I've been a challenger since eight years old, seven years old. Yeah, yeah. He was hard-headed. Like, he's, he's calling it a challenger, but he was hard-headed. Continue, continue. 
So when it came, me being the youngest, um, you know, I felt like nobody respected me in the house because I was the youngest. So Matt, no matter if I said it was right or it was just another option, you're not gonna listen to you. You're the baby. So I had a, always had a chip on my shoulder to do it another way. So, you know, that just comes from, you know, questioning. I don't say, you know, everybody's wrong, everything is a lie, but I question a lot of things. So if you don't, if you question your family on certain things and they can't give you a clear answer, besides telling you that's just the way it is, then you got to go, then do something else. You got to go the other way. Yep. And that's the time when you make the decision for yourself to figure out, should I try this way or should I just listen to them? Now, if they can explain to you, like, listen, this is the options. If you do this, I've been through this. I don't want you to go through it, X, Y, and Z. Granted, taking it, you know, with a grain of salt and knowing that times are different now. But you got you to gotta have some balls. You just got <laughs> to do it. And if you don't, you'll never know. You just stay in that bubble. So yeah, I don't, don't want to live with any regret. I think that's so true. It's like just having the courage, right? Having the courage to say that, you know, maybe everything I was told wasn't correct. That's that's very difficult for a lot of people. And until you're able to stand on your own two feet, right, and stop accepting money from the people that, you know, supported you when you were younger, that's when you could really start saying, hey, this is maybe not the best way. But if you're accepting money from people, you can't really challenge everything they say because you're living under their house, you're following their rules, right? So at the age of, 18, when I went away for college, I never came back to New York, right? And what I found and what I took away from that was I started making my own decisions. And my parents couldn't really tell me what to do because I wasn't taking their money anymore, right? So I think a big thing is you can't really say you want to challenge everything if, um, you know, your parents or the people that raise you are supporting your lifestyle. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I say what what I did. This is what I did. I played by the rules, but I still had my own way. <laughs> <laughs> so I always respected authority, but at the same time, when there was opportunity for me to do my own way, I would do it. But I think that's a very important part, though, because if your parents are, you know, paying your phone bill, paying your car note, making sure you eat, all these different things, it really it's not too much room for challenge. Like, so unless you have your own, you know, plan that you ain't telling them about, you know, that's, that's your choice. But I think, you know, that, that, that's one of the main reasons why you have to really figure out and have that conversation, an uncomfortable conversation with your family about why do we do what we do? And literally, you know, my, me having that repeatedly, not just financially too, also on a mental aspect of it. Like, for example, me being in therapy. Black people think when you go to therapy, you're crazy, something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And when I told my family about it, I didn't even tell my family about it in the beginning. I told them about it as I started doing it. And, you know, they they shut me down. So um, I'm me used to being challenged. It's like, all right, this is just another thing. But at the same time, I can see how other people could be discouraged by that. And this is something that's for my, my mental health. So I got to do what's best for me. And, you know, this is one of the best decisions I've made for two and a half years in the change of my life. And a lot of that is dealing with family trauma or dealing with things that were told to me. So, yeah. you know, if I were to believe them and not do it, 
then I wouldn't be, you know, where I'm at today as far as even, you know, mental growth that could lead to financial growth, you know? So it's, it's so many things that, you know, it's passed down to us and it's like, you know, you got to find out for yourself. You have to, you have your own brain, you have your own soul, your own spirit. you got to figure out what's going to fuel you and what you're going to, you know, operate off. So what's one thing that you feel like you've, that you have a clear understanding of now that you want to make sure you pass down to your future kids that wasn't passed down to you as a youth? I would say being a man, uh, being vulnerable um, is not a sign of weakness. Uh, sharing what's going on with you is not complaining. Uh, letting, you know, whoever your significant other, your spouse is about the finances is very important, should be hidden. And I think um, with that type of secrets or that type of non-communication, um, it causes separation because you have all this pressure on you that's never really addressed. So um, I had to learn that for myself. And, you know, in my current relationship, it's like I got to be transparent because not every deal goes through. You know, you <laughs> and now we invest in more in ourselves. So we're not talking about a 5K, 10K loss here. We're talking about 50 100k 100k debts so when i actually became like actually released that um that's when i knew i was growing and that's what i wanted to instill you know into you know my future son as well as far as being a man understand that we're going to get it done but understand that you that's what you have a partner for if she can't help you any other way then that's not the person for you wow yeah bro i feel like that's deep bro i, I feel um, that's something, that's a lesson that, you know, maybe if you had learned, it could have expedited your process and your growth, but I think everything happens for a reason, you know? No, nah, that's a, it's a big fact, but I just carry so much without even releasing it, you know, especially a person that you say that you want to be with the rest of your life and they don't know this part of your life. That's kind of, it's kind of weird. Oxymoron. Yeah. So, you know, as men, they just oh, we going to get through it. We're not going to cry about it. Nah, I do cry. And, you know, when I do cry, let it out. I have happy tears and, and sad tears. But that's a part of being a human. That's bigger than being a man. It's like you're going to feel emotion. So I learned not to bottle that up and, you know, just exist. <laughs> facts, facts. And I like, yeah, I was going to say, let me share my thoughts on that. Right. So my thoughts on something that. I know I'm going to instill into my future kids is the idea of learning skills and using your mind to, you know, help you progress in life versus feeling like you have to do physical things. Right. So my dad was a mechanic. My mom was like a nurse assistant and everything they did was always physical. So I naturally thought in order for me to have a, sustainable lifestyle I needed to do physical work so I tried landscaping I tried like delivering pizza I tried all of these different things and that was something that was like so challenging and I didn't feel like there was longevity in that right maybe it was longevity back then but it wasn't going to be longevity for me so when I got exposed to sales I realized sales is a mental game and once you're able to use your mental ability to connect or to share your thoughts and to communicate a message. I felt like that was one of the, the biggest like life hacks that I found 
because with sales, when I was um, making, you know, start making money, I was making money with my words. And that was like, it was so different to me because to make money with your words was not something I ever seen anyone do. And it also is a blessing and a curse because, you know, if you, you could be great at sales and you could use it in the wrong way, and then you could also use it in the right way. Right. And luckily um, I valued, you know, my parents did instill good values of integrity, being honest and things like that. So I felt like I was able to use it in the right way. But once you have that skill set of a strong mind, anything is possible. And that's something that for sure I want to instill into my future kids is just like, you got to use your mind. So that way you could have the long term success. And that's why I love that's why I love business so much, because business is a mental game. So I feel like as long as I could physically think, I could I could do business until I'm 95, you know? Now that's dope. Did, did you ever think you felt not like a man's man because you wasn't working with your hands? Absolutely, bro. Like it's weird. It's like, again, my dad is a mechanic and I don't know how to change a car tire, right? It sounds crazy, but I I saw the things he was doing and I was like, bro, as I got older, I'm like, yo, I'm a pretty boy. Like I'm not trying to get my hands dirty. You know, so I didn't start off like that, but eventually I got a little bit too bougie and that's, that's how I'm living now. <laughs> no, I, I really, I really enjoyed um, talking about this topic because um, me being a challenger at heart, but also understanding that things are different now and there's always new opportunities. And even that's like me, even, you know, start, you know, the way I train is telling people, you have to train this way. And it's like, no, we have Instagram, we have TikTok, we have, you know, threads, we have all these different new things that wasn't around when I was doing it. So it is, I think the part of every new generation, we always want to say we want our kids to be better. We want to we want them to do more than us. But when we push the envelope, it's like, nah, we don't want you to do it this way. Do it, this, do it our way. So it's understanding of... of Evolution is like we're always going to challenge the studies before us. We're always going to challenge the way of we doing things, and that's how we continue to grow as a human race. So, um, yeah, for me, continue to grow, um, continue to learn, and knowing that when you do take your route, it's going to be hard as hell. <laughs> but understand that um, it's part of the game, and um, I, I wish you the best on your journey. I'm gonna continue mine, and I'm gonna keep challenging. You know everything my mother tells me. <laughs> Yo, I'm so sorry, mama, that you got to hear what KB is saying to you. But here my, here's my final message on this topic, right? Um, I really think that when you're a trailblazer in your family, you're going down a path that no one else has gone down before, right? You're creating what a trailblazer is, is someone that creates a trail that doesn't exist. And that's a scary thing. But you have to realize it's your life, Right. So once I understood that message, that it's my life, everything that I was taught from the people the closest to me wasn't the God-given answer, right? And I had to learn how to dissect life um, that best suited the lifestyle that I wanted. Once I understood that, I realized I'm in control of where I want to go, and I'm in control of my income, my success, my relationship. And I wanted to be the example that I didn't see. So for anyone listening to this, I want you to understand 
in order to get to the next level to to be the trailblazer of your family you have to remember anyone can start but only champions finish now that you've completed this episode you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of entrepreneurhood follow us on instagram at the entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community for each episode the first set of listeners to tag us on instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts remember there is no shame in struggling because we fail we grow and we win right here on entrepreneurhood